You're about to hear a sermon by Pastor Jeff Brewer, Senior Pastor of Freedom Life Church of God in Henderson, North Carolina. For more information on our church, please visit us online at freedomlifecog.org. Let's get right into this message. Now, I, I know all of these men that are coming to preach during our camp meeting. I know them personally. I know their life. They are tremendous preachers. They are powerful preachers. They have a great walk with God. But listen to me, camp meeting, revival doesn't just come because you bring a speaker in. We can have, we got all kinds of special singing coming in that week and all kinds of things going on, but nothing will work and get people saved, delivered, healed unless we pray and we fast. So the calendar on the bulletin board is a 40-day fast. Everybody can take one day that will, that will add up to 40 days of fasting and praying. Everybody help rebuild and see the power of God move. And if you, there's a pen on the bulletin board, just initial your name in that day, and we'll just begin to pray and seek God. I'm believing for a mighty outpouring of God's Spirit. Let's look at Acts 16, verse 22 and through 31. The multitude rose up together against Paul and Silas, magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. When they had laid many stripes upon him, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, saying praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. In other words, they're hearing their testimony. You know, when you're going through a storm or a valley or a problem, you know, folk on the job and people that are around you, they don't need to see your problems. They need to hear your praise. Can I get a witness out there? And suddenly there was a great earthquake. The foundation of prison was shaken. Immediately the doors were opened and everybody's bands were loose. Everybody got free. Let me say this again. You may not shout. You may not praise God. But you ought to thank God that some of those crazy folk are around you. Because if we ever get to praising God, your chains will break. Your prison door will open. Hallelujah. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of the sleep seeing the prison doors open. Drew out his sword. Would have killed himself. Suppose that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm. We're all here. Then he called for a light, sprang in, came trembling, fell down before Paul and Silas. This is what it's all about now. This is what all our singing's about. All our praise is about. All our worship is about. It's about getting somebody saved. And, and he said, What must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And, and it's wonderful to put a period right there. My God, such power after that. There's a comma. He said, and thy house. One translation says, save you and your entire household. How many believe in family salvation? I believe God's going to do it. We're, gonna, we're preaching this series on forgiveness for the family. Tonight, we want to talk about warfare surrounding the birth of your miracle. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We feel your presence in this place. We have come to lift you up and glorify your name. May our hearts and our minds be tuned in to your spirit. Allow the Holy Ghost to have his way. 
minister to every need. But God, there are people sitting here tonight who have family, who have children and grandchildren, moms and dads or husbands and wives that are lost without God. So tonight, Lord, we, we ask for the fresh word to help get our family saved. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody shouts. Now I want to review one moment just for a few moments because I want you to get this. We have tried everything we know how to get our family saved, our children saved. We begged them, we pleaded with them, we have tried to bribe them, but nothing has seemed to work. It seems like they're just hard-hearted in this age of unbelief that it has swept into our homes. And nothing we say seems to get a hold of them. But listen, did you know your family's salvation is connected to your commitment with God? Let me say that again. Family salvation is connected to your commitment with God. So if you want your family saved, you must get committed to God. That is the greatest witnessing tool that you have. If you want your family saved, and you've got to get involved with the work of the Lord in the church. Uh, you don't sit on a pew and do nothing. That disconnects you from family salvation. And I believe we want our family saved. So when Jesus sees us committed, and Jesus sees us serving, and Jesus even given of ourselves, that connects us to that promise that God will save our families. Do you believe you can get your children saved? I want to talk tonight about warfare surrounding the birth of your miracle. Sometimes when you pray for your family, things get worse before they get better. A lot of times it happens. It's like a woman having a baby. The more severe the pain, the labor pains, the closer the woman is to delivering her baby. If you look at it like this, it will keep you when Satan attacks you. And the harder things get and the worse it looks and the more impossible it looks, it's just a sign that says the miracle's about to take place. Amen. That's why we must walk by faith and not by sight and grab hold of God's word and hang on to it. See, the worse things get, the closer you are to breakthrough. For example, let me just give you a little example how the devil operates. A woman whose husband is lost comes to church. She hears a message about what God can do. Her faith is strengthened. Her hope is restored. And right then and there, she starts believing, my husband's going to get saved. Anybody been there? I believe that's what the message of faith ought to do in the church. It ought to stir us. It ought to restore us. It ought to strengthen us. It ought to give us confidence. Say, you know, I know God can do anything. I've come in here feeling bad and low and leave here like I was nine, ten feet tall, knowing that God was did something as willing to do something. That's what the message in the service is all about. The Holy Ghost is encouraging you. So she locks into God's word. She shouts all the way home. She's praising God. She's expecting her husband when she gets home to be on his knees praying. She's expecting, she almost sees it. Her faith is exploding. She pulls up in the, in the driveway, rushes into her house to find her husband and says, I believe you're going to be saved, repented, and turn around. But when she gets there, he's worse than ever. He's passed out on the couch. He don't normally drink that much, but he's sloppy drunk. She tries to wake him up. He curses her out. Little does she understand this is basically an attack on your faith and your miracle. 
all of this must hinge on the promise of God. Not on what you see. Not on what things are looking like. Not on what the situation is. If you're not careful, like the wife will begin to lose faith. Her hope fades. She'll begin to think her husband will never get saved. I want to tell you, no matter what the devil shows you, realize God's word cannot change. Every man be a liar. Every devil be a liar. But God's word is true. If God said it, that settles it. Somebody shout amen. You need to grab that tonight. Come on, reach out your hand and grab that. That's my word. My family's going to be saved. Hallelujah. Now, if you walk by sight and you walk by what you see, you're going to always be down and out. But, but uh, uh, if you're going to see your family saved, you're going to hold on to the word. You've got to stand immovable, a faith that says in spite of everything, how it looks, I believe God. Amen. The devil is not going to give up your family just because you came to church, just because you got a blessing on, on Wednesday night or Sunday morning, just because you felt the touch of God. He's not going to give up. You've got to stand flat-footed, and regardless of how it looks, how you feel, what it looks like, what he's saying, what they're doing, you've got to say, you're going to be saved. I believe that because God's word will never fail me. Say this with me. Are you ready tonight? Help me confess it. Family, you're going to get saved. Daughters, you're going to get saved. Sons, you're going to get saved. Grandchildren, you're going to get saved. Husband, you're going to get saved. Wife, you're going to get saved. Say it, amen. Amen. See, hell tries to steal that promise and show you something contrary to what the word has promised. But instead of falling apart and losing your faith, shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Refuse to be moved by what you see. Get excited because you're on the verge of a breakthrough. And the greatest hindrance to faith is what you see. Remember, we're not supposed to walk by sight, but by faith. Quit looking at what you're looking at. I said quit looking at what the devil's trying to show you. Because I'm telling you, I serve a God that can turn it around. I serve a God that nobody's too hard. God can get a hold of you. Amen. God can shake the unbeliever and save them. So it's at this point, you got to be careful how you talk. you got to be careful what you speak. What you speak testifies to what you believe. When, what you speak reveals what you believe in your heart. Your words can kill, steal, and destroy and stop your faith from working. The Bible says, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it, those that speak it, those that stand up shall reap uh, or eat of the fruit thereof. I want to tell you, if you keep speaking it and you keep saying it and you keep standing on it, God said it's going to happen. Somebody shall speak it. So keep sowing life. Keep sowing it over and over. If you want to get your family saved, speak the word, even when everything around you is contrary to what you believe. Quit speaking what they're doing. Oh, they're on drugs. Oh, they're out there doing crazy stuff. Quit speaking that. Amen. They're just working on their testimony. And the worse they get, the greater Christian they're going to be. Can I get a witness out there? Do you know the best Christians in the church were the sorriest sinner? Because you know what? People see you, and they say, if God can change you, God can change anybody. Oh, somebody give God praise. Romans 3 and 4 says, let God be true in every man, in every situation, and circumstance be a liar. Again, I must emphasize the importance of locking into God's word. Sink your teeth into it like a pit bull. 
Now, Pitbull, when he puts his teeth into to it, he don't turn loose. You beat him, you do everything. He don't turn. You got to take something and put a stick in his mouth or something and pry. Don't you turn loose of that word, no matter how it looks, no matter what they say. They may curse you out, but you hold on to the word. Somebody say, hold on to the word. And then start acting like it. Speak it and act like it. Act like you believe God. And that blows the devil's mind. That messes the devil up. You ought not to be at church tonight praising God because of the mess your family's in. But you got a promise from God that God's going to save them. Hallelujah. You remember the story of the Old Testament about Elijah's servant. Son of the man of God was risen early. Went forth to hold a host come past the city with horses and chariots. His servant said to him, Alas, my master, what are we going to do? He answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than those that are against us. Now imagine he thought, What in the world is this crazy preacher? You, you know, people think we're pray- crazy because we preach faith. But we're not as crazy as you think we are. And so uh, uh, the servant said, What are you talking about? He said, There's more for us than against us. Can I say to you tonight, there's more on your side. There's more for you than against you. You said the devil's coming in like a flood. There's more of God's grace and God's love and God's healing power and God's deliverance for you than it's against you. He answered, fear not. Elijah prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes. Open his spiritual eyes because, you see, he needed to see. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man. He saw the mountains were full of horses and chariots of God. In this story, according to what the servant saw in the natural, looked pretty bad. Man, I mean, we could get on Facebook and really bellyache and talk about how bad we had. It looked like they were outnumbered. Uh, uh, his power, the devil manifests his power through our senses, our five senses. That's how he works. That's how he messes with you. But I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, what we see is subject to change. According to the natural eye, Elijah's servant and that were about to be killed. According to the natural eye, there was no hope. For two unarmed men could not defeat that army. It was time to surrender, time to give up, time to quit, time to run. If they'd have walked by what they saw with the natural eyes, they would have just thrown up their hands. To the natural eye, it's impossible. No way, no how. But I don't care how it looks. You need to get this, church. I'm preaching faith to you. It don't matter how bad they are. It don't matter how sorry your kids are. It don't matter what they're doing. It's not going by what we see or how it looks. God's word promises. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved in your household. I wish somebody shot in my household. My household. Devil, get your hands off my household. Devil, get your hands off my children. Devil, get your hands off my marriage. Now, now they didn't deny the enemy. They didn't deny that there was an army and enemy there. But they recognized the power of God. Don't, don't, don't ignore, don't deny the enemy. Just recognize the power of God. You're not denying your children on drugs. You're not denying your husband's having an affair. You're not denying your home is splitting up. But you recognize in the midst of it that God can turn it around. I got to go on record here tonight. Are you ready? I don't know what you're facing or what you're going. God said to tell you, he's still God. He's still on the throne. He still reaches down higher than you can reach up. He's still almighty God. And whatever you're facing tonight, God said to tell you, he can turn it around. So when things look bad, 
and things are getting worse, when it looks like everything you've been praying for has never happened, when the devil starts harassing and tormenting and mocking you, things look bad as they really are. Remember this. God gave me a promise. God promised me this. The good news is, the bad news is wrong. If you're going to get your family to say, you got to stand on God's word regardless of what you see. If you waver or doubt, then you can lose your family. Let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave on the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think he shall receive anything from God. In other words, we come to church, we get high, we shout around the church, we praise God and go home and lose it. We got to stand on what we shouted about Sunday. We got to stand Monday. Believe and have confidence and trust God no matter how it looks. Learn the lesson of Paul. Paul's in a storm and it's about to take the ship under. I mean, it's worse than it's ever been. They're doing everything. They're throwing things off the boat. They're trying to get everything they can. And nothing is working. And everybody's thinking, we're going to die. It's inevitable we're going to die. Well, right in the middle of it, Paul stands up and says, be of good cheer. What? Be of good. You, you better uh, get your mindset, Paul. This is crazy. Look what's going on. Paul said, I have heard from the Lord. Uh-oh. That's the difference right there. He said, an angel stood by my side. I heard a word from God. When you get a word from God, that's all you need. That's all you need. Somebody say amen. That's all you need. You don't need lightning. You don't need an earthquake. You don't need an angel. All you need is the word. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man should repent. Have he said it, shall he not do it? Have he spoken it, shall not make it good? I quote that every day. When I'm praying over my body, I quote it every day. Amen. I just believe it. So shall thy word be that goeth forth out of thy, my mouth. It shall not return void or empty. It's going to do something. I said the word's going to do something. I said the word's doing something. It will accomplish that which I please. It prospers in the thing I sent it. God's word represents who he is. If he says something, it'll come to pass. One of the biggest problems today is we, we have got to get God's people back to believing the word. Just re be remembered of what God said. Remember his promises. Uh, 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 when God says something, find somebody that will believe with you. If your faith we get with somebody that's got faith. Don't get around negative folk. Don't hang around with people that's always got it worse than you have. Always telling you, God, tell you, oh, you better. Oh, let me tell you, I know somebody. No, no, get, get away from folk like that. Say, I love you, but I'm in a season right now. I don't need to be around you. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I know that hurts. Please don't take it the wrong way. But I've got to be around folk that will preach the word to me. I got to be around folk that know that we serve a God that's on the throne and he can do anything. I, I got to be around folk to say, hey, keep on praying. God's hearing you. Hang on to God's word. Don't give up. I got to stand on that word. A lot of folks are in a mess because of who they hang with. I'll be honest with you. There's some folk I don't hang with. I love you, but I don't hang with Uh-oh. I just don't hang with folk that's always want to talk doubt. Because uh, uh, I'm in a season, Jonathan, I don't need doubt in my life. See, when you're going through a storm, you desperately don't need people to tell you it can't happen. 
You don't need to be around people that tell you we're going to drown. You're going under. It's going to happen. No way out. Clint, you need to be around somebody that says, hey, Clint, God's going to do it. Hold on, brother. Hold on to his unchanging hand. Let me tell you what God did for me. God can do for you. Have you ever heard anybody say, uh, when you were down and out, they come by and say, dry up those tears. God is a God of his word. If he said it, he's going to do it. Let's just stand together and praise him and glorify his name and not let the devil have place in our life. Somebody say, devil, shut up. Pretty good advice right there. God's word is true. Surround yourself. Your family need you to be full of faith. Now, 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 let me tell you this, Bobby. I can't afford to get down and out and discouraged and be the pastor. Tony, I can't, I can't get up here in this pulpit and carry all my burdens and my heavy load and get up here and act like God can't do it. I can't do that. I've got to inspire faith to you. And I can't preach something I don't believe. But in all of what I go through, I still believe God's promise is real. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matthew 8 tells a story about when Jesus entered Capernaum, there came a centurion beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant is at home sick with palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. Now, now understand this. That's the will of God. I'll come and I'll heal. I'll come. I'll no questions asked. He didn't say, well, is your servant living right? He didn't say, did your servant pay tithe last Sunday? He didn't say, did your servant, uh, uh, he go to Sunday school faithfully? He said, immediately he said, I'll come, because that's God's will. Whoever you are, he doesn't want to see you hurting and broken and suffering. He wants to help you. He loves you. And Jesus said, listen and answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. You can come to my house. Just speak the word only. My servant will be healed. I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, and this one cometh to another, come. And he goeth to my servant, do this and do that. When Jesus heard this, this turned Jesus on. He marveled. He said to them, verily, I say unto you, I've not found so great faith, not in all Israel. He said, man, if I could just find me somebody. Jesus said, my Lord, if I can find just somebody in freedom life, just somebody that's going to to say, Jesus, you ain't got to come to my house. I'm going to hang on to your word. Come hell or high water. I'm going to trust you. It's going to happen. He's looking for somebody that will not be uh, 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 controlled or manipulated by everything that's going on. God is still good. Shout amen. Notice something, this man's faith in God was in his faith in his word only. He didn't see it, he didn't feel it, but he believed the word. And that moves Jesus. Jesus said to him, go thy way. You got it, brother. Now, I, I'm, I, I'm preaching this, so I'm going to kind of add my little bit here. They were having church then. I, don't, I believe Jesus just did a little dance. Hallelujah, I found me somebody that will believe my word. I believe he said to his disciples, come on now, we got to have a praise time right now. You think Paul and Silas were praising. This is good because all I need is somebody that will believe my word. You want to turn heaven on and touch Jesus? Believe his word. And the man got his miracle. He got his, his loved one healed, and you'll get your loved one saved. It's when you have confidence and trust in the word. The same thing will happen to you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ.
and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Now, how many believe when you called on you got saved? How many saved folk we got in here? Now, now how do you know you're saved? Because sometimes you don't feel saved. Sometimes you don't look saved. How do you? His word says, if I confess with my mouth, believe in my heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, God raised from the dead, I shall be saved. Hey, devil, I'm saved whether I feel like it or not. I'm saved. I may be in a storm. I may have dropped the ball. I may have messed up, but I'm still saved. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. And so you got to act like it, and you got to talk like it, and you got to testify to it, and you got to live like you got it. Amen. How's your children? Oh, Lord, how much? How's that son? Is he doing any better? Lord, how merciful. You need to stand flat-footed and say, God is doing a great work. Wait till you see what God does for them. Wait till you see the revival that's coming to my household. Oh, I don't know when. I don't know how. But I know it's going to happen. I heard a story about a man by the name of Clyde Chancy. Clyde died when he was 73 years old. At the age of 72, he got saved. And they carried him up to the baptismal pool to be baptized. He had crippling arthritis. His bones were deteriorating. His mother sat on the front row of the pew in the church that morning when Clyde was taken up in the water. His mother was 95 years old. For 72 years, she prayed for Clyde. For 72 years, she was faithful to the church. She was faithful in giving. She was faithful in believing. She stood in the gap for 72 years. That's a long time to stand in the gap, especially in this generation that we want it right now or we get mad with God. For 72 years, all through his young life, his, his teenage life, his adult life, he's making a mess. But she's still praising God. She's still claiming Clyde. Lord, I believe you're going to save Clyde. I believe Clyde's coming to the Lord. I'm sure somebody probably said, they probably said, when you going to quit praying that, it's never going to happen. They probably come and tell her stories. You know, because people like to talk about other people's kids. They don't see their own kids, but they got something to say about your kids. And I know you want to, I know, I understand. <laughs> but they probably said, listen, he's doing all kinds of bad things. He's rough. He's out there. Uh, you, did you hear what he, what he did Saturday? You hear what he did last weekend? And, and, and they're trying to pull that in. See, we don't need to hear that stuff. We need somebody to say, hey, sister, we're standing with you. Sister, we're believing with you. Sister, I pray, I, I fasted a day for you this week for Clyde. I'm standing with you. God's word shall come to pass. And so at 72, Clyde got saved, and her prayers were answered. Her promise fulfilled. Clyde's body began to get worse, and he began to die. His brother flew out from California to be with Clyde as he was dying. His brother, a good Christian man. Clyde told his brother this. He said, I'm not going to be here much longer, but I know God. At 73 I'm getting ready to die, but I know God. I live my life as a waste, 
But God was merciful. Mama prayed. Mama kept on holding on. And I know that when I close my eyes, I'm going to heaven. I know God. Hallelujah. He talked with, with him for a moment. And he said this. He said, I know I'm saved. I'm sure that little 95-year-old woman had to be constrained with all that joy. His last words were this. I know I'm saved. At the funeral home, his 95-year-old mother looked over the casket, tears running in her eyes. She said, it still hurts so bad. She said, but I have comfort knowing that he's in heaven. And she said, I want to tell everybody God is faithful. I didn't give up. I kept on going. I kept on I didn't give up. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. Don't you ever give up on your family. Don't ever give up. Keep praying for them. It may get worse. Things may turn upside down. It may look terrible. But grab hold of God's word and say, I'm walking not by sight but by faith. And I'm going to hold on to that promise. Amen. You know, that's what God is asking us to do. I'm sure God looks over the banister of heaven sometimes. He says, if I can just get somebody. To hang on to my word. Will you just believe my word? As you stand to your feet tonight, I want to ask you, will you just believe the word? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You just heard a sermon from Pastor Jeff Pruer, Senior Pastor of Freedom Life Church of God in Henderson, North Carolina. Want to hear more sermons like this one? You can find all of Pastor Pruer's sermons on our YouTube channel. Just open your YouTube app and search for Freedom Life Church of God. For any additional information on our church, or if you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit our website at freedomlifecog.org.